Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Welcome to Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for joining me today here on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com. You can also listen to our programming wherever you like to get your podcasts if you can't listen to it live over the air. Well, Christianity is a way of life. It's a way of life. A Christian does have to follow certain biblical standards. And uh, there is a particular path and direction that a Christian has to go. Acts 18 and verse 26 refers to the way of God. And so ultimately, when we're talking about true Christianity, we're talking about people that are called by God and that they are going the way of God. That's the way they're living. And that way predates man. God's way is something that is uh, been around as long as God has been and God's eternal. It's the way that God who became the Father and the Word who became Christ have always lived. It's, it's a way of cooperation and working together and peace God's way of life is written about extensively in the Old Testament as well. Notice uh, something here. This is what Paul said. It's in Acts 24. And if you have a Bible handy, it'd be good to get it out. We could look at these passages together and see what God says about his way of life, the way a Christian is to live. Acts 24 and verse 14, Paul says, But this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call heresy, so he was uh, getting into some trouble for teaching God's truth, and he was defending himself here. He said, you know, this, this way, which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So he was looking back there at the uh, Old Testament scriptures, and he said, look, I believe all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. That's the way he was living. He was living based upon what was written there, what had been recorded about God's way of life. And the people in his day looked at that and said, well, that's heresy. And he said, well, I'm just living the way that's written in the law and in the prophets. So you can see that a lot of times people don't look at God's way of life as as they should. You know, the people that were persecuting Paul they said he was living wrong, that it was heresy, and, and so forth. And he said, I'm, I'm just I'm following what's in the Bible. I'm living God's way. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, that's our free Bible course, and it's at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you have not. And it's an awesome course to take. It says, a vital point to understand is this. The Christian way of life has its roots in the Old Testament. It is established on the Ten Commandments, as well as the other laws of God, which are based on principles of the basic ten. That's that's what the Christian way is, the Christian way of life. It's it's founded on, as Paul said there, things written in the Law and in the Prophets. That includes the Ten Commandments, of course. 
And how, I mean, you do look around the world and you say, well, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, societal pressure to go away that's opposite to God's Ten Commandments. And there are people that will claim to be Christian, but yet they don't follow what's written in the law and in the prophets. So there's a, there's a misunderstanding there for sure about what God's way really is. Just because somebody professes to be Christian or Christianity, uh, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily uh, indicative that they're going that way. The Bible gives practical instruction for a successful life. I mean, God's way, yes, there are rules and laws, but there are rules and laws that create success. They lead to success. And that's why those laws are in place. You know, there's financial success. Family life success. You know, there's, there, cause there's good health. And again, that's not to say there's not tests and trials or something like that. Those things do happen too, and, and uh, the physical life doesn't last forever, we know. But as long as it does, and somebody is walking according to God's ways, there's a lot of blessings that come from that. And ultimately, far beyond this physical life, God's way leads to eternal life in the kingdom of God. You know, the physical life's temporary, and of course we'd like to have a nice one, and we'd like to have some good blessings, but ultimately eternal life is what we need to be thinking about because the physical does pass away. It certainly does. The Bible gives us practical instruction for a successful life, and God wants people to learn to think and to live like he does because that is the successful way of life. Think like God does about things. Act like God acts. Respond the way God responds. Sometimes don't respond because God doesn't respond in those situations. It takes a lot of wisdom. It takes God's spirit. And it takes knowing what God says and knowing what's written in the law and in the prophets and following it. But ultimately, God's way of life can be summed up in in the word love. Love. But we have to understand what love is. Now, this is agape love we're talking about. This is God's love. And when we, when we say the word love, the world has a very distorted sense of what that is. But God's word defines love. So we don't have to, you know, be murky when we talk about this. We can be very specific. Notice uh, 1 John 5 and verse 3. Again, we're looking at God's way of life. 1 John 5 and verse 3 It says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That's God's love, that we keep his commandments. That gets right back to what Paul was saying there in Acts 24. He believed all things written in the law and in the prophets. God's commandments are there. And and this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Well, I mean, when you stop and look at the Ten Commandments, there's, there's some, some specifics there, isn't there? And we can measure ourselves and say, well, how well am I doing? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to improve? But that's the love of God, that we keep his commandments. God's law is also called a royal law. True royalty, God's royalty, they live by God's law. God says his people are kings and priests in embryo. In other words, not born into God's family yet, but are preparing for that. 
but that law there is is uh, very important. It is a royal law, and a person that is going to be living that royal standard is going to be living by that law. Notice James 2, it talks about this royal law of God. This is God's way of life. You know, we can't get rid of the law of God and then say, yeah, but I I'm, you know, want to be a Christian. <laughs> God's law is central to that. James 2, verses 8 through 12, it says, If you fulfill the royal law, there it is, it's a royal law. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. So again, there's love here, but it's based on God's law. Verse 9, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So we have to keep all of God's commandments. We can't keep 90% of them. All of them. We have to keep all of them. Verse 11, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not kill. Now if you commit no adultery, yet if you kill, you are become a transgressor of the law. Verse 12, So speak you, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. It's a royal law. It's a law of liberty. And we're going to be judged by it. God's going to judge us by that law. And it's not going to be about our opinions. It's going to be about the law. You know, people can have an opinion about, well, do they need to keep the law today or don't they or how should they? Those are the opinions of man. God says we're going to be judged by the law of liberty. Paul said he lived that way. That's what he did. The world called it heresy. He said, I'm living by the law of God. The correspondence course says the apostle James referred to the Ten Commandments as the royal law of liberty. That is because they free those who keep them from the bondage of the hurtful ways of this world. The Ten Commandments reveal the great love God has for his children. And that's the way we need to think about God's law. It, it, it's freeing to keep it. It's easy enough, I suppose, to think of law as something that's constrictive, like, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. But what it really is doing is it's freeing us from going the wrong direction and freeing us from paying the penalty for going the wrong direction. Keeping God's law prevents so many problems. You can think about that. Think about the law of God and think about enacting it, living by it, and then all the problems that it solves. It solves every problem. And there have been people over the years that have tried to refute that and say, oh, that's simple-minded or, you know, that wouldn't solve these different problems. It absolutely would. The law of God, if it was implemented, <laughs> it solves problems. And, and we can all solve problems in our lives individually by living by that royal law. That's an exciting thing. It frees us from penalty. And when Christ returns to this earth, everyone's going to come under that law. That'll be, that'll be mandatory because it, it has to be that way for things to work successfully. You know, just think for a second. I mean, if everyone kept the sixth commandment so that there was no murder, and you expand that out to what Christ said when he said, well, if you hate somebody, you have the spirit of murder. And so we have to make sure that 
that we are thinking is correct towards people. You know, when there's murder, it's because there's this hatred that's been there and then it, it manifests itself in extreme cases into murder. But just what if, what if that was gone? What if there was no more hatred, no more murder? What, what kind of a world would that be? Just imagine that. What would they put on the newscasts? Most newscasts spend their you know, first few minutes talking about murder. <laughs> somebody got killed in the city. Somebody did this. Somebody did that. There wouldn't be war because that's murder. That's hatred. There wouldn't be those things. It would change the world dramatically. Dramatically. There wouldn't be school shootings. There wouldn't be any of those problems. What a different world we would have. I mean, just think about it. one commandment, the sixth commandment. And there's many examples you can think of. And you can go back and you, think, you can look at all the commandments and just spend some time thinking about what a different world it would be if people kept it. But then we can stop and also think, well, how much can our lives improve if we really keep the law? You know, and we look at those areas where, you know, maybe we don't do such a good job with that. We say, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work to keep the law the right way here and see the results. And, and have that vision of what good that can do, how that law can set us free when we keep it. Notice John 15. John 15, Christ here, again, getting very specific about the law. Sometimes, you know, a, a person might look at a topic like God's law and God's way, and they sort of think, well, yeah, there was this Old Testament law, and then, Christ came and he just said, you know, we should love people and and he did, a, you know, he paid the price for our sins, therefore, you know, the law is done away. There's a lot of that thinking that's out there, but that's not what Christ said. John 15 verses 10 through 11, Christ, think about Christ, I mean, he kept the law perfectly and he told us to keep that law too. John 15 verses 10 through 11, he says, if you keep my commandments if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Remember, love is the, the fulfilling of God's law. He says, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, the Father loved Christ, and Christ kept his Father's commandments. Verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. We all want full joy. We all want to have awesome joy in our lives. Full joy. How do we do that? Well, Christ said, keep the commandments. Keep, keep the commandments. Christ told his disciples to keep God's law so that they might have full joy. So a lack of joy is a direct result of breaking God's commandments. So we can evaluate our own lives and say, okay, well, how much joy do I have? Is it full joy? Is it an occasional joy? You know, we're not talking about just that temporary, oh, I don't know, excitement from something in the physical world, you know, getting a, getting a new uh, tie or a new shirt or something. I don't know, whatever people like going to a nice meal. I mean, those are exciting things, and there's a temporary uh, excitement to that. But we're talking about joy, full joy, that even in test and trial, there's still a joy there. Christ said, well, that comes from keeping God's commandments. And that's what Paul did. 
and he he had joy. He had hope. Peter had joy and hope even when they faced some very serious trials, even end-of-life trials. So a lack of joy, that, that comes from breaking God's commandments. Just for example, you know, if we think back to the sixth commandment, when somebody breaks that and they, they kill another person, just think about how the joy is destroyed there. The, the family of the person killed, their joy is gone. They miss that person. That's a very horrible trial. The person that did the killing is often sent to prison, so their joy is gone. Their life is wrecked. They've got that guilt hanging over their head, and they, <clears throat> they um, have the situation of having their freedom taken away. And then the, the, the family of the person that did the killing, they lose that family member. They go to a prison system typically or something like that. There's no joy there anywhere. It, it's destroyed all the joy where that commandment was broken. It's destroyed all that joy. And I think we understand that pretty well with something very severe like and, and obvious like a murder. But that's, that's God's law in action where, okay, if people break it, then they lose their joy because they, they did something that had such negative results. That's why God's law is in place. That's why it's a law of liberty because it frees us from the penalties of breaking that law. You know, most people don't go and kill someone, but that principle is the same for all of God's laws. Breaking any law of God to any degree destroys a certain amount of joy. And it brings curses. And God put that law in place because he wants us to have full joy. That's, that's the Christian way, is to live that way and follow God's law. God has full joy because he lives his way of life. He perfectly lives by his laws. And he wants us to have that same joy and that same excitement and that same opportunity. So that's why that law is there, to show us how to do it. So a Christian will certainly love Christ. But Christ there defined exactly how we are to do that. He de- defined it. Verse, we can look at this in John 14 and verse 15, another example. John 14 and verse 15. We need to love Christ, of course. You know, you could ask anybody that professes to be a Christian and say, well, do you need to love Christ? And they'd say, well, of course, <laughs> of course. John 14 and verse 15, Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 21, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Verse 23, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. In verse 24, he that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. He was teaching God's law. Verse 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Christ set us a perfect example. You know, other passages tell us to walk as Christ walked and to uh, follow that example. 
and he did what God told him to do. He kept God's commandments. He's telling us keep those commandments as well. Keep those commandments as well. And as we do that, we're going to have that joy. We're going to have that peace and that way of life and and full joy like God wants us to have. It's That's the true Christian way of life. It's living by the Word of God. And as Paul said in Acts 24, it's believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets and making sure that we are keeping keeping the law, as Christ said. It's a wonderful way of life, and we want to make sure that we're striving to live that way and uh, receiving that full joy that God wants us to have. If you'd like more information on this topic, we have a great booklet. It's called The Ten Commandments, and it's free at thetrumpet.com. Also sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.